Um, <laughs> it's uh, the 4th of uh, February, 2021, a little over a month until my birthday. I'll be turning 30 years old. Um, I made a mistake, guys. Tonight, I was eating a bunch of peanuts in lieu of an actual meal right before uh, this recording. And I'm mildly allergic to like any kind of tree nut. So I always get kind of like the closing of the throat <laughs> a little bit. But I just, I like it. <coughs> Excuse me. I like it too much. That's great when you're preparing for a night of broadcasting. Yeah. yeah. Close up for a little bit. Yeah. Well, if you look at, like you're sorry, go on. Struggling. Just give me like, yeah, because it's like a better performance, I think. Yeah. Yeah. If you look Tom at, Waits kind of vibe. The the best singers, best actors and actresses, they all smoke a bunch of cigarettes. They all have um, uh, nodal growths from having uh, like flagrant like oral sex with like uh, Hollywood producers. You know, you you. It's not just who you know; it's who you blow in that industry. Mm, and I've heard that. Yeah, who you end up blowing uh, usually has got something funny going on around the tip. So. That'll that'll fuck things up a little bit. Um, and I got all that going on. I also bit the inside of my mouth today. How? Which, which area? Right <laughs> up top, right in the front, lower. The roof. No, no, no. I meant right up top, like in the front of my mouth, like where my, my lips are. My lower lip, the right side. I was. I had to. I had a really terrible afternoon. So I got these three Randy cats at my house. They're not fixed or what? They're not fixed. They're four months old, and and one of them is kind of like starting to act like she's in heat. And then her brother's like, "Yeah, I'll check that out." And I'm like, "No." <laughs> no, there's one boy and two girls. One of the girls is indifferent, but she's like an agent of chaos. So she's just breaking things all day. She ran in and handed me a piece of broken ornament from my tree that she had in her <laughs> mouth, and I was like, "All right, I got to take the tree down." So, so I'm keeping these cats apart. I go to have lunch. I'm just one of like foraging so i have this like sort of like soy sauce and like ginger mix that i made and i just put it over some tofu and i put the tofu in my mouth and i immediately inhale the ginger mix into my sinus cavity and it's just sitting up top there and then i go ah fuck and when i say a fuck i just bite my mouth really hard so i'm bleeding everywhere so i'm tasting my own blood in this i had a si- i had a sinus drip of soy sauce and ginger and blood Mixing in my mouth like I was drinking one of those or eating one of those Ortolan birds or something. While this cat is bringing you pieces of your ornament. <laughs> this, well, this is such a great me, image. Yeah, pieces yeah. of ornament in her mouth, which is thankfully not bloody. I don't know how she managed that. And then her brother is trying to fuck her sister. <laughs> you got a chaotic house going on right now. It was a shit day. It was not good. And my cat um, just brought us his first gift. A little bird the other day yeah. um yeah nice kind of not nice no i was thinking about it or at least letting <laughs> him just kind of play with it for a while and then i i didn't want to kind of enable that behavior so i just threw it outside but um i don't know it was kind of and then it, um, coincidentally sarah was reading a national geographic article about um house cats or more about feral cats like killing yeah. native bird populations it's like upwards of like three billion birds or something a year that cats kill. What? Yeah, they get yeah. some numbers. They get some numbers. They really do. Because yeah. the smaller and, the cat, this is something that a lot of people maybe it's not that well known, but the smaller the cat, the higher the 
um, positive percentage rate for their hunting. The, the yeah. most efficient feline hunter on the planet, I believe, is the North African sand cat, which is a little obligate carnivore that looks similar to the kitties we have in our homes. Except they live like in the northern Sahara, so like they they don't even drink water. They get all of their liquid from the animals they eat, and they have a kill ratio that's like above fifty percent or something, which is higher than any other uh, right. cat in the wild. Yeah, I've definitely seen that. Like with the toughest little toughest little kitties, like little little like tanks, but they're like small, mm-hmm. just little beasts. My my dad's good buddy had a cat like that that he kind of like trained almost to be like a, a fighter cat. Yeah, not like particularly wild, but like you know he would play with it and like it's almost like teaching a cat kung fu or something <laughs> so funny yeah but yeah they're good mousers and everything yeah i it... mean so that's <clears throat> that statistic but see that's like i i whenever i hear these things about i mean that's so many birds but I, yeah whenever i hear <laughs> like whenever i hear that kind of shit i'm just like oh, it's like the kind of stuff like that that um like that reddit meme of like birds are fake or whatever yeah yeah and it's like one of those things where it's like people it's like just because we can't like explain why birds are kind of like going away and like yeah Yeah. i don't know yeah to me it has more to do with like fucking up and having like just too much electricity in the air and shit like that but yeah Yeah, totally just throwing off their flight patterns yeah right (laughs) but it's like no they're not real they're fake anyway I do... they're cia operatives or some or they're like mechanical mm-hmm. i don't know yeah. i i, I no, thought they that have was... those though yeah, yeah fake I little birds there is something kind of funny about the idea of just fake newsing the extinction of like mass extinction of animals because we just can't deal with like the the moral like implications of it so we're just like yeah it, no that's it just fake. becomes birds a meme fake. yeah mm-hmm. that's kind of how i see it yeah it's like a kind of like a psychological little like i can't deal with this i can't deal with this yeah I mean, that's a big trick in general, right? Like, isn't that sort of what we've been doing with, I mean, our politics were, were like, there are people out there who thought that, you know, our, our our last president, I don't remember his name. He hasn't been in the news lately. I can't remember what his name is, but he, a lot of people thought that he was sort of like this, like, like Messiah character. And then our current president, whose name also kind of escapes me, I can, don't try to think about it too often if I can help it, but. A lot of people think that he is sort of like a savior to prevent whatever bad things were happening from the previous fellow. And I think anybody who had any rational, has any rationality to them, would not think either of these guys were particularly uh, just or good people or people who are like, you know, capable of fixing the problems that we have right now. Um, You might even look at them and say that they're uniquely unsuited for the job. Uh, Yeah, it's kind of kind of weird that the. Our last president, and I, I can't remember his name either. It's like it's just yeah, escaping it's, it's me for some reason. Me. Can't think but of it. it's almost it's, like there were these yeah, weird, like, yeah. stories or uh, what's mm-hmm. like narratives that were built around him that kind of bolstered him up. And um, same right, with this yeah. new guy. What's the bu- 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 buddy? Bu- uh, Don't Jimmy try. Buddy it's, or... No, no, you're just going to do that thing where you're trying to think of a word and someone's like, you know, it's that word for being afraid of heights. And someone's like, agromegaly or acromegaly. And I'm like, that's not the fucking word. But now I can't think of the word because you said acromegaly. <laughs> yeah, so better not even think it. about it at all. Yeah. I mean, that's what I've been saying for the last month. Just don't think about it. It's easier, right? Yeah. Well, it seems like, yeah. I don't know. It seems like there's like a lot of other stuff going on, or like, it's like, that's at least as far as like what's been going on. Like, it's like, but I don't, I don't know. Like, what is Biden doing? I mean, I know he's doing a bunch, but it's like the way that the, the broader conversation. Biden, that's around. it. Yep, you got it. Thank the you. Discourse, just like, oh, no, that's right. Yeah, that's it. 
<laughs> I forgot. I re- forgot that I remembered. Uh, but uh, but it's, I mean, you know, like it seems like we're kind of just like weird, distracting conversations about like what, like Dogecoin and mm-hmm. all of that stuff and the market fluctuations, and then uh, and then even that was kind of like Elon's tweeting about that. Meanwhile, like his rocket just blew up or whatever. That was funny as shit because he tweeted about. Um, I'm gonna take a break from Twitter for a while before the thing blew up. <laughs> from what like, I can I tell on the timeline, I don't want to talk about that. It was like exactly, it, yeah, yeah. And then I love, I love the people who came out, it, it, which they're doing the same thing for Elon that they do for Biden, which is, and by they I mean like, you know, feckless shitheads who make excuses for anybody who's stronger or more powerful than them because they don't have any personal identity that matters ultimately. But um, they, 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 they were doing the same thing for elon or whatever with the rocket where people are like okay look this is when you want these things to fail okay because it's the testing mode because when you have (laughs) you know our spacemen in there and they're going to like a place up up top there you need to make sure that every bolt is i I saw this as the argument and i'm like all right but i feel like the amount of like fuck up that's happening here might be a little bit higher than from what I remember, the space, you know, uh, program being traditionally. Well, that's what I was thinking about today. It was like, it's it's kind of weird because, you know, it's 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 like buying on like lost nostalgia and like lost kind of time almost or something, and mm-hmm. like like this whole kind of Peter Thiel mentality of like, you know, what happened to the future, and yeah. like we're not we're like we're not producing anymore. Like we don't we didn't go anywhere and we just got bogged down and all this stuff. Yeah, and then meanwhile, like, so they what they want is like get go into the you know go into space, start these different things, right? But then meanwhile, I mean, this is how things have pretty much always been, I suppose. But it's like, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's like no longer this thing of like you know JFK and NASA and like this and that. Like this kind of like what's seen as like a national pride project per se. It's more like under the guise of corporate imperialism and just mm-hmm. kind of like this just kind of ho- hobbled weird kind of like things like well it's kind of has to do with nasa a little bit but kind of not and then that's kind of just like the auspices under which like you know you could think of now nasa is just kind of like contracting mm-hmm. out you know the stuff i guess and but it's yeah and it so becomes just like so much more dystopian obviously like in terms of you know hey remember the the movie that came out about the um the black women who were like instrumental in doing a lot of the math behind our space program. Yeah. And that was like right. a big thing. And, and that was like, you know, Hollywood did a little sort of like victory lap that they told that story mm-hmm. finally, which, you know, rightly so. How funny would it be if like 50 years from now we have that, but it's just like, we find out that everyone in Guantanamo Bay was just doing this shit for us. Like they're like, <laughs> Oh yeah. They're right. like being force fed and like chained to a radiator, but they're also like, well, no, this is actually, yeah, you're going to want to mix the fuel. And we, and then you need somehow this somehow gamified yeah. too that yeah. like they're like somehow like several degrees you know distance from what their actual task is that so that they're like not really even aware you know right. yeah they're just like exactly they're just like incrementally coming up with a larger thing that you can't see the full picture of until yeah exactly. it actually turns out those the bags the bags over their heads where they actually had <laughs> equations on the inside and yeah. they were just studying These guys are just doing really complex math because the average american is so fucking stupid that you have to literally go to afghanistan to find people who can do math right Um, all the all the brain power got sucked yeah yeah (laughs) i was joking about this today on twitter i was saying um in a very dark way because like most of my jokes are pretty dark and i actually had someone do a wellness check on me today i'll get to that later but um i uh yeah uh 
I, I was joking about the idea that um, the Space Force, which is like really going to be Trump's legacy. It'll, I, I remember yeah. his name, by the way. It's Trump. Um, <clears throat> it's oh, going to be it, yeah. his. Yeah, that's thank you. I was bugging me. But uh, it's going to be his legacy because Biden, uh, according to Reuters, the Biden administration is not going to roll that back. That agency, they're not going to get rid of it. It's been created. No. Once a new government agency is created, we keep them like the Department of Homeland Security. I saw that evil shit. So I was joking, like, what are the odds that the eventually Space Force is going to be involved in the war in Afghanistan? Because like, A, we're never going to back down from a new fucking like government agency. And B, we're never going to be out of Afghanistan. The Soviets yeah. and the British oh. did that. They're pussies, well, you know? Probably. I mean, that's probably not too far off. I mean, what the Space Force probably... I mean, it's part of the Pentagon, the DOD, I would assume. Mm-hmm. And then with what's happened, as far as this was like news from like December 20th or something, but I didn't, I didn't really see what happened beyond it because mm-hmm. there was a lot of shuffle in terms of who was heading this and the transitions and everything. But but um, the there was talk from like the Pentagon, they were going to pull all their, their like um, a lot of their support and funding for like, not funding, but a lot of their support that they lent to the CIA Mm-hmm. for all their counter counter terrorism and counter like intel stuff it's like in afghanistan and stuff like that so they're like you know pulling all the troops so to speak from not pulling them from the country but you know they're not like you know, can't outsource them to the cia so to speak anymore mm-hmm. and uh and so i'd imagine and i would imagine whatever war that is going to be fought next that's like at least like you know a formal war that's like announced will be <laughs> definitely like you know utilizing satellites and we're gonna have to justify it yeah we're gonna have to justify right, that gonna, big line item right exactly i mean and that's probably what the whole thing's about too is like a new uh budget of spending right and like uh what the space force as far as like what that all entails you know i don't even know honestly i haven't I mean, you guys well, ever was, see zero uh, dark you know we could so we could send some astronauts over to iran obviously <laughs> yeah right <laughs> well i was just gonna say you guys ever see zero dark 30 I didn't watch that movie. actually. Um, I, yeah, I don't know if I have. Well, there's a scene where it's like it's about like the you know partially about the rendition. It's an apologist movie for the rendition program that the CIA had in black sites, right? And right. torture. It's kind of like the the television show Twenty Four, but done with like the James Cameron mm-hmm. treatment. Only it's Catherine. Right. What's her name? But anyway, uh-huh. so uh, um, I was just laughing about the idea that like there's a scene in that movie where um, they're like. Things have changed. We have a different administration now. You know, like you're gonna have to cover your ass. Like his the the, the senior official says to like his underling, who's like a chick, you know, he's like, You got we gotta you gotta yeah. cover your ass. This is gonna be bad, you know. I yeah. guess referring to like the Obama thing or whatever, like Obama did anything to go after them, which, you know, blah, blah, blah. But uh I was imagining that, but it was with the Space Force, so it's like they're just wearing those like reflective like NASA helmets and they're like plausible deniability, man. You can go in there and waterboard him. You can put your hand in the guy's asshole, pull his testes off. It doesn't matter. They can't tell you're a spaceman. Mm. And it's just going to be basically like a rendition torture program. But we're just going to basically Holy. make real the, uh, you know, the the whole like uh, 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 UFO uh, uh, kidnapping thing. Abductee. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually yeah. A, that's that's like a real nice spin on the whole like Project Blue Beam idea that like. <laughs> That the that will be unified or against like a war that's you know these invader space aliens right or something like that or that that'll kind of like unify it'll be used to unify or something like that that's like the kind of conspiracy theory but that's a nice spin on that where it's like yeah 
yeah, yeah they're, uh, they're just gonna i mean in the same way in the same sense that like the cia uh torture rendition thing is just echoes and reverberations of all that nazi bullshit that essentially right. we aided and abetted like you know and, the, yeah the grand lie of of the american empire that we were taught growing up was that we somehow defeated the nazis when really we just sort of like scattered them around and utilized them as best we could and created institutions like nato and like our fucking like you know programs sure here the space program being amongst them and, and the cia being another one but we'll just do that but we'll do it with like the space age uh uh rocket man um ufo like abductor thing but we'll just do it as like yeah there's this we have these fucking suits and we have this this thing and, and yeah well oh you know you can you, no one can hear you scream on the moon we'll just take you up yeah. there <laughs> and did, yeah. you know and it's it always comes down to weird sexual torture like that's what that is the limit of the human imagination at least the american imagination it always comes down to some sort of weird like sexual humiliation or torture you know yeah. so it'll be like the anal probes from the fucking ufo days well exactly i was gonna say like it's a great cover too because yeah. you, could, you could theoretically if you spin the story if you leave the storyline just right you could have it so too that like the the people who are victims of torture or like kidnapping could be taken with like the same mm -hmm. you know sense of seriousness as like people who claim to be abductees or like targeted individuals yeah. or all that kind of stuff right you could kind of like yeah. it'd be like a way to almost uh you don't really have to fully get rid of people you can kind of like dump them back into society but they can be like completely uh discountable or something. yeah just like oh they're crazy yeah. and the the <laughs> sexual torture part of it is like really interesting to me because i mean even with like yeah i know fucking, shit. like yeah i i love that kind of stuff and so the uh <laughs> guantanamo Sorry, bay cool. and like um abu Ghraib and stuff is like yeah. it's just this weird sublimation of like these like almost like a inner frustration that a lot of these officers kind of have just internalized for so long and they have to take it out on these people that they see as less than human and um, I don't know. That part of it is always just kind of like struck. Authoritarians me as... are perverts. They're naturally perverts. Yeah. That's just yeah. part of the well, deal. It's, like, it's a perverted like thing. Sade, or, you know, or like Marquis de Sade, or rather, yeah. rather um, not Sade, but. Um, well, Sade, know, like, too. Yeah, Sade. She was kind of freaky. Yeah. Sade. Yeah, Sade. Yeah, it was Sade. <laughs> the Marquis de Sade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I know that like there's like that latent, uh, like, I don't know, it's. I don't know. It seems like almost like childlike from it, like this childlike mind of kind of just like this, like this brutal kind of like just enjoyment of just like, yeah, I don't know. And then why wouldn't you just pluck off the wiener or like, you know, and like, yeah. you know, smash the balls? Like, it's fun. See if he likes his own poop. It's his poop. It's his yeah, poop. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of my favorite things, I, I remember this yeah. secondhand. This is like from a teenager thing. A, a girlfriend and I read some of the Marquis de Sade. Not in any sort of sexual thing. It was just like part of our reading when you were younger. You know, you read a lot when you're younger. I think when you get older, you just you learn, you become wiser, and you realize that you can just learn everything secondhand by bullshitting. But back when we, I actually read things, and I was interested in that. Um, I do recall reading something of one of his stories, and it was like a priest fucking nuns. It was priests. It was this one priest who was a pervert, and he was like fucking nuns or whatever. And the whole story was just a big elaborate punchline to a joke and that joke was that when cross-examined the nun was like well he told me that it was the key to heaven and the people who are interrogating her i mean they're like you mean like his cock and you know yeah oh, yeah God. yeah it that that was the key to heaven and well why did you believe him and she says well it was pretty big i figured that's the key to heaven 
but it was something like that. It was so stupid. It was just like right. right. So this I, was yeah, like the... this is penthouse. This is play. This is fucking uh, <laughs> right. hustler. You know the yeah, beaver laughing yeah. on the toilet. Totally, but there's like I don't know. I was just listening to the Golden Bough on the way home. Oh, and, like, yeah. Death, death of kings rituals and things like that, or you know, just the nature of taboo magic and stuff like that. And I was thinking about all that kind of stuff and like mm-hmm. you know, when you're making a you know a, a voodoo doll or something like that and all that kind of weird stuff and it's like i don't know just reminding yeah. me of that i guess a little bit i used to have a big voodoo doll that was yeah, i bought it in new orleans and I, I it was from a store that i apparently the guy would sometimes get like things sent in those things it was a big ceramic doll and it was a dude a bald guy smiling holding a giant penis that was bigger than him and then on the <laughs> penis was another figure that was crawling up the penis Man, I wish I still had that fucking thing. I think I left it in an old house uh, in my yeah. rock, rock and roll days. And it, I think that house got sold. And so whomever bought that house, kudos. I hope you're enjoying my penis doll. But um, nice. So I that would, to, that's considered a voodoo doll? Not, I, there, first of all, there's no such thing as voodoo dolls, really. That's just something that's sort of like, it's like a white person's appropriation of uh, the notion of voodoo in general like there mm-hmm. are that, fetishes yeah, have... and things like that there's fetish dolls and stuff like that but the the concept of like a voodoo doll that you can like stab and like hurt people with is well, that's not what i was just reading about i mean like i realized yeah. was listening to like was basically he was describing that word like that does exist or like at least you know i mean however i you know however i don't know what critiques there are of the golden bow exactly in terms of mm-hmm. how, how much it's standard so the test of time or whatnot but i mean it doesn't seem far off it's not like it's like you know racing mm-hmm. as he's presenting the information yeah. um but yeah i was describing that bit basically where you know like if with you know the assortments of like some hair and maybe like yeah. some nails or something because like and he was also saying like if there's blood you know that falls on something like it'll be like covered up because mm-hmm. of that purpose like you don't want someone using it yeah you. and it, it needs like this idea of like sympathetic magic right where they're like that the Things go that things that are like one another or mm-hmm. similar, either like in a mimetic form, yeah, or, and or have like touched one another and this kind of like contagion or contact kind of thing. That there's like a sympathetic relationship that they'll then develop. And so if you do like, you know, it's I mean the thing is that I don't think where I think the confusion becomes is because like Westerners are thinking about like kind of literalize the concept of like oh you stab it yeah and then you, they think that it's going to get like actually stabbed in the heart right and there's going to be some yeah. like immediacy to the effect and like oh, of course that's absurd right but it's kind of like even you know yeah the, the thought of it itself and then you could even think about it further too I mean if you do like if you're going like digging up someone's grave mm-hmm. I mean I was thinking about this like on just like a super like just normal mundane level it's like you go and do that and you start to fuck around with it like just on the level of doing something that's like that mm-hmm. taboo so to speak you're like creating reverberations within your community that are going to mm-hmm. like cause who knows what and so it's like a mm-hmm. magical yeah. element to that and so it's like and then furthermore you know it's like oh well then i'm my purpose with this thing or like you know it could be good i'm not saying it's all gonna be bad necessarily but like you know because there's different kinds of you can use the the idols or the little emblems or whatever for different mm-hmm. purposes whether it be kind of healing or like you know he described also like a guy that would put like a, a shaman that would put like a, a rock you know in their belly to like you know imitate the woman who's pregnant and like assist in her kind of like childbirth or something like that you know and as it moves yeah around. and like just weird rituals of kind of like you know rites of passage to speak and stuff like that 
but I mean, sorry, but but I think the confusion comes when like the literalization comes in. That's where like that's where how like that's just like the atheist like or like materialist kind of mindset where it becomes like that's mm-hmm. preposterous, and it's like, well, not necessarily. Like even if you don't like think about it literally, you know, or like there might be effects, or you can think about it in the sense of like this worked before, you know. What I mean, that's like a kind of just contingent part of just life, right? Like, well, we tried this and this worked before, like, and let's do that again, and then the you know you can elaborate the process and maybe it gets like all these things that are like well that's actually not necessary you don't need to put like three dead birds in front of you to actually have the other stuff that's more efficacious like that's actually the flower you're eating or whatever (laughs) yeah yeah but uh but and i mean even if you do literalize it like you were saying like digging up a body i mean that's like an extreme example or something but it's like like the societal effects of that that's like that's a very literal interpretation of like some kind of like magic going on but there are these waves that are made with that kind of movement being done or whatever i mean similarly with this like most magical things like you're going to collect a bunch of like you know the witch kind Mm -hmm. of stereotypical witch thing you know like yeah like toads and whatnot right like but i mean how much of how much of magic how much of magic is trying to have effect uh, uh, affect and action on something that you're not that's not happening at its peak in other words like okay let's say for instance like the voodoo doll thing right if you walk up they somehow get through security and walk up to a major head of state and just shoot him in the fucking head or stab him with a samurai sword as happened to that japanese politician on television you can look it up on youtube or you know anything along those lines that's an actual direct action right that's the power meeting the power but how much of like magic as people try to understand it and history for that matter too because i want to kind of get to the theme of what i was thinking of about this episode how much of that is just like trying to explain or act or work around the narrative or act upon the narrative and change the narrative during a time when the hottest point isn't there you're hitting the iron when it's not really hot so to speak you understand what i'm saying like if you're face to face with somebody and you end them or you are yeah, yeah. in a book depository and you're aiming down at them on a Dealey Plaza or whatever like that you, on the on the day and the moment of the time. That's one thing versus like doing some sort of like sex magic on the Kennedy co- uh, clan. Yeah, after yeah, that. yeah. Thinking that you're going to have action at a distance or whatever. Right. Yeah. And, right. When, and when I was talking about before, too, I meant more kind of like the side effects of just like when you're doing a magical operation, the things that like might you might find yourself doing and then how that's going to affect Mm-hmm. your role in society so to speak but 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 definitely like in terms of what you're saying like uh i think that you know yeah exactly like and that's that's like kind of the like john michael greer uh definition of magic where it's this idea of like that people come to rely or use magic when there's mm-hmm. a situation in which you can't have your needs or desires met through like normal means so to speak mm-hmm. And the kind of usual, uh, you know, ex- expected routes in which you could prefer <laughs> to get expected certain things, and then and then on the flip side, and those are like the ones who like the have-nots, so to speak, and then the people who are kind of like employing and using magic on the side of being the excluders and the elite or whatever are kind of like. And this is where I'm not sure if I quite agree with him here because, and I'm not sure if I agree with his whole framing of it at all, but uh he's describing that where like they're using it to kind of self delude themselves into thinking that everything is still okay. And that like their power is still like, uh, legitimate or whatever, you know, and that like things aren't fraying at the lines. And so that there's like these kind of antagonistic and like different styles of using and employing 
magical kind of thinking to like get your intentions achieved whatever goals hmm. we're not wealthy Yeah. What were you kind of thinking in terms of like, because you said you had a theme to kind of, because I was like, that's just kind of an idea. Like, again, oh, I'm not okay. sure if I totally agree with that because that's kind of like, to me, that sets it up in such a way that it doesn't, well, kind like, of like, it to... doesn't think of magic in the way that we were just talking about it on, on a kind of like, just the way you operate in the world kind of thing, so mm -hmm. to speak. Like, but I, I don't know. I'm sure he can elaborate and has different answers for it. This is just kind of like a gloss that I kind of like re found recently in terms of him just well, him making a simple kind of description of it you know because there's like so yeah. many different ways to describe you know quote unquote magic but sure i i was but, i yeah. remember um it, uh, i was reading something very recently on the internet and so it was like it, they still have them out there the edgy atheist types who are on the internet right, trying right. to like you know spit on people for having some sort of faith and this person was saying oh try praying to god that you want a ham sandwich and see if you have one materialized. And I was like, holy shit, this person's imagining a wishmaster. <laughs> right. They're imagining, a, a, you know, someone who will like a tulpa kind of scenario where you like wish something into existence, right? Sure. And then that thing is forever with you. And, and I just couldn't help but think that like, that's explicitly not what prayer is. And I was, I, I returned back to like Matthew 6, <laughs> 6, 9, LOL, where you get the fucking uh, Lord's Prayer. But prior to that, 6, 8, is where you get in the gospel uh, do not essentially do not be like those who pray in public uh, loudly and make a big deal out of it right. uh, uh, your father knows what you need before you ask him so this is how you pray right before Christ teaches people how to pray he says hey whatever you want whatever you're looking for um, they it, it's it's known what you want what you need actually uh -huh. so this is just a, a, a you're acquainting yourself with this other power this 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 central power right it's not the same as saying like okay well god please 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 make sure that yeah. i get to fuck that chick down the street or i get a fucking pony or i get uh i get a fucking dodge ram at the end of the year it's not like the the secret version of prayer no right, no right. that weird acquisition side behind it is like so inhuman and like what what's very human but it's so n not material to faith and it's not related to that sort of thing so the the theme i wanted to bring up for this uh episode and it's of course like every episode it's loose we talk we get loose i got a horny cat next to me who's gotta keep his shit together or else i'm gonna grab his tail but um the idea that i had was that history doesn't repeat itself the whole idea that you know every history repeats itself this kind of thing history doesn't repeat itself and the reason why is because history by itself is nothing repeatable history is by itself something that is subjective the reason why history is subjective is because depending upon who's telling it and which volume we're reading about this sort of thing we're getting a different story we weren't there for something to repeat itself you have to have a pattern without a living person's life and within a living person's life you can't really argue that that's history that's events, that's current events, that's the nature of events unfolding. So you can make all these sorts of claims about history 
replacing itself. But for you to do that, you have to legitimize the central idea or the, the idea, sorry, of a central human narrative that we can kind of objectively look at. And I don't think that's something that we can quite do. I think we really have to look at the fact that the now in the here is quite a chaotic thing that you experience. And once it's experienced, the idea of talking about it and parsing it and understanding it changes its function the same way that the idea of being in the midst of power, you're that person right there. You know, you're Hinckley next to Reagan or uh, you're John Wilkes Booth next to um, Lincoln, right? And then whatever happens after that, the agreement is between the participants around history and those who write about it afterwards. It's not between you and Lincoln. You shoot the guy in the head and whatever relationship you have, jumping off the fucking uh, uh, balcony like some sort of theater nerd yelling in Latin, six semper tyrannis, you know, yelling this sort of thing. Uh, not now. Hold on. Yelling this sort of thing, right? And, and then just running off like the most dramatic theater kid you could imagine, right? Right. That's, uh, <laughs> that's your moment. And however people remember it, they're going to remember it. Maybe you didn't even do that. Maybe none of that was even there. Whatever your interaction with, the only reverberation you can pinpoint between John Wilkes Booth and Abraham Lincoln was the bullet going through the skull. And everything else is just uh, a mixture of like, you know, wild eyed conjecture and like, you know, stories. Someone was knocking on my door. Sorry about the not now. Yeah. I thought but you, you, you guys understand what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm yeah. Sort of well, to, and uh, I mean, I think to tie it, I don't and I don't want to get caught up with the um, fucking DC riots or whatever again. Mm -hmm. um, but even to kind of tie it back to something more contemporary is like, yeah. Um, something like that is like a perfect example of that because most of the people in the U.S., most of the people in the world weren't there, didn't see what was going on. But So all we really have to go on is this kind of however the media is going to spin that narrative, however they're going to um, yeah. attack from whatever side they're going to attack on. Um, but it is also interesting, too, because I've just been, I've been listening to um, some stuff about um, the the crusades and um there's this speech by um pope urban the second i think maybe calling you a nerd kip maybe you know more about the crusades or i don't know but um there's this supposedly like infamous speech that pope urban gave um but the narrator of the history of the crusades stopped like after narrating part of the or um retelling part of the speech and was like yeah, but there's uh, no way of knowing if this Pope Urban even said any of these words at all. Because, I mean, that was obviously a much more primitive time techno uh, technologically. So it's like whoever is telling the story um, is going to have a pretty um, valid story as far as history goes because there aren't a lot of people keeping records um, in that time. But just the way, like, you're talking about the way that um, things are... I mean, calling it like a spin, I feel like is a very kind of trite and modern way of talking about it. But I think that is um, a pretty accurate way of talking about historical events and contemporary events where they're, and especially now um, with information kind of getting 
um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Disseminated so quickly and over such a large scope of people. Um, there's always going to be some sort of spin to it. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like history is being made second by second and there's no way to really keep up with it. Yeah. I mean, I had ideas from that. I mean, so that, and I had this thought a little while ago, I think let's kind of spur it on, but just kind of like the simplifying the whole kind of thing down to like a kind of like, you know, a fire pit and like a storytelling situation, you know, and like, the people that are gathered around to hear the story that's been told right and it's like kind of this idea that like you're saying like not so much that it repeats itself but it's almost like people are not that original in their storytelling and so like the people mm, yeah. that come to get the get control of the you know whatever you want to call it just like the narrative i guess um you know sim- you know employ oftentimes similar things probably you know partially because they're like this seemed to work right it's the same kinds of like marketing and like what's gonna work uh like or like is this story interesting you know and all these kinds of like yeah totally concerns are similar right and then um and so like, and it's almost know, like yeah. like kind of like lazy or just kind of like exactly yeah it's like it's easy to lean back on the whole idea that you know oh yeah well yeah. history repeats itself right exactly i mean there's like a total kind of um uh yeah, like, yeah there's like a, definitely a potential to be like throwing in the towel there and then also like i've thought about you know in terms of like how Nietzsche presents that idea you know the eternal return or something like that there's kind of like a you know and he kind of refers to it kind of as such but in almost a way that where I feel like he's he's challenging the reader in a way that you're supposed mm-hmm. to be like, yeah I agree to this right but like but the in what you're actually agreeing to when you when in a, what you think is a heroic affirmation is almost more of like a kind of a self-willed like punishment and like hamster wheel run uh, where you're just kind of like okay, yeah, I'm down to just, like, live in the time as a flat circle world where I think that that's how it, it works, but actually there's, like, this kind of, like, trajectory or, like, this kind of, like, more of this... And then the story building, or it's kind of, like... That's kind of, like, what it is, right? It's, like, the story building becomes a part of, like, a way almost to simultaneously tell what's going on, but also t- simultaneously like, to not say what's going on by leaving out certain things or occluding and, you know, kind of allegorically writing certain things or you know what i mean i'm kind of like use this all kind of abstract language to describe this but like you know what i mean where it's like yeah the, the and process of the story time becomes like well, well i'm going to employ this to my end it's like this is like just a more like a a, a jack uh, kind of ratcheting up the idea of like you know story history is written by the winners but it's kind of just like thinking about who the winners are and how that kind of like like you're saying more much more like fluid especially now in this kind of like micro like choose your own adventure style narrative yeah but even with that kind of even with our present moment i think the reason that a lot of things tend to be kind of construed in this light of you know a repeating moment is kind of i mean not entirely but kind of because we have a set of tools that have a historical context to them and i mean we use history's lessons and even the terminology from history to interpret present events um but it gets just much more strange and convoluted than anyone could ever think of but we still use these kinds of framing devices Mm -hmm. that we have learned throughout all of human civilization to interpret them and those are useful 
those are useful a lot. I mean, those are useful yeah. terms. I mean, it's it's it, they can be helpful to oh, understand yeah. things, but they're not helpful necessarily in describing so, the actual arc of what history is or what's happening. This, yeah, and it's, I feel like this is like again uh, this the, the Golden Bow thing I was just listening to, or like it's he makes this at a. Uh, so he kind of divides this and makes kind of a distinction between like you know negative magic which he's kind of siding with like taboo you know don't do this because of the fear of, for which this and this and this can kind of like manifest right and that depends but they're like that kind of also like implies like potentially there's like wielders of that dark power you know who like willingly engaged with that and then the other kind of like positive quote-unquote magic would be like this isn't like with value statements so much as it is just kind of like the directionality of the the language but right and so the positive being like i want this to achieve this do this to get this and this you know and so like that's almost a way though in terms of like providing storytelling in terms of like the the didactic or like allegorical or her like as the as its parable or whatever you know like kind of like being instructive you know in terms of uh you know don't do this and do that basically and then somehow mm -hmm. that kind of like becomes you know, it's like that's like where like all these things like the theater you know like, like the whole lincoln suit like assassination is a great you know example where it's just like you know it's in the theater it's like again again it's like a spectacle right it's like it's, Purely, it's yeah. literally it's theater yeah. and so yeah it's like and it's like and again he's like meta about it right it's because he's like there being a theater person wasn't he in yeah he was like already a theater person so it was like he was an actor this, yeah like, has all this kind of meta self-awareness almost to it and stuff like that and so I don't know. It's like one of those like intertextuality things, right? Where all these things are kind of like sim simultaneously seeming to like make reference to one another or something, like, but however intentionally, maybe not, you know, weird. Yeah. And again, sort of like to return to that kind of like theme, like, um, you know, what was that line? Uh, when Lincoln actually died, because he didn't die right away. You know, he was taken across the street, I believe. And, you know, then they did whatever horrifying mid-19th century fucking uh, medical <laughs> aid that they could to him, which I'm sure was, like, fucking probably worse than actually getting shot in the head. Probably drove another pike through the front yeah. of his head. To... Right, yeah. Stop bleeding, yeah. <laughs> right, I think, I mean, I, well, Garfield, I believe... Uh, when when he was assassinated, most of the reason why he died was because of the medical treatment he had afterwards, including doctors just like putting their like poopy fingers into the hole in him and being like, oh, that's bad. Maybe we can pull this bullet out, you know. So anyway, so whatever happened with Lincoln. But the point I want to get to is we can't even agree upon what was said um, on his uh, deathbed by um, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Seward. Anyway. Who had said, uh, uh, now he belongs to the angels. And then another version of that was, now he belongs to the ages. Well, those are two very different ideas, right? Both of them having quite a lot of resonance. Either Lincoln is now a figure of history with the ages, or with the angels, he's in heaven, you know. Um, it, whether it's the more saccharine quote like that, or whether it's the more like austere quote like the ages one but that's sort of my point about like yeah not only there like a more isn't there a way to kind of synthesize that to some degree where like angels like in the sense that angels have like kind of like roles 
um in the functioning and like the like almost like a mechanistic functioning of the universe or something you know well yeah certainly there's a way to, to synthesize that Where but there's no like way that the, the guy said both at the same time like there, sure. there's no way that he said now he belongs to the angels slash angels ages or you whatever he meant, meant both yeah no i mean i i think what i'm trying to say is like he must have said one or the other right like i don't believe that, yeah and so it was heard yeah, yeah, two yeah. different ways and and yes, you can synthesize that. I agree. You can synthesize that idea, and and that's sort of how we get history. But like, um, we'll never know which was actually properly said. Like, we don't know. Um, right. Just as much as we'll never know uh, what level of relative, like, positive morality uh, Lincoln had to other people of his time, other powerful men of his time. Um, you know there's this whole like there's this desire this constant desire in the last you know 10 years to just like sort of like cancel anybody who <clears throat> may have had problematic or questionable opinions which is kind of hilarious because it's like we just want to there's this idea that right now we're just going to get struggle session by the most insufferable people in society right now you know like the people who are just like the most whiny and complaining and just awful to be around like oh yeah i have to fucking hear this and I get the I get the idea behind it. I get the desire behind it. But on the other hand, part of me is just also sort of like, shut the fuck up. Like you know, judge people by their time, and we don't know what their time was like. We don't know what anyone's relative morality was like. We don't know like our own moral blind spots for the most part. And and I'm sure they're vast and mighty. I'm sure that we're all guilty of moral blind spots that future people would want to cancel us for. But what does it matter? These are all dead characters from the past. Like, what good does that do to try to sort of like uh, uh, resurrect, do like a corpse synod? I don't know if you guys are familiar with this or not, but there was a pope who um, famously uh, was so pissed off with his predecessor that he brought him out of his uh, grave to uh, accuse him of... Uh, heresy i think it was it's also called the cadaver trial yeah it was the uh, ecclesiastical trial of pope formosus who had been dead for about seven months in the basilica of saint john lateran in rome uh during the year 897 the trial was conducted by uh, pope stephen the sixth the successor to formosus successor okay so it was one after him and so they basically exhumed the pope's corpse to be like you cocksucker you're a fucking all this kind of shit he was accused of perjury and, 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 and having become a pope illegally and all this kind of stuff. And he was pronounced guilty and his papacy was retroactively uh, well, disposed of. And that's what I'm trying to say. Like that, that idea that like history exists so that we can just reach back and pluck these characters well, out and shake them down. Yeah. You know? Well, there's an interesting aspect to that though, because it's like <clears throat> there's an element in which like history is, a, is, a, is almost like a process of scapegoating and in some, but almost redemption. Right, mm -hmm. but like in that kind of like mutual way in which this kind of like I don't know, like oscillate or whatever. Um, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Where it's like there's like an element in which all of this is like going into the shadow or going into all that stuff and having like a tone for it, right? And like mm -hmm. not, I'm not saying like the, the people are being scapegoated, but it's like, but like you know, it's like you know, putting putting it on that thing and being like, yeah, you, you like and and in many cases, yeah, it's like. A representative of you know because obviously and as many mm -hmm. people are saying you know, there's like there's many wine scenes and you know, there's many more or whatever so it's like you know 
how are you going to be able to weed all these different people out? I mean, when it comes to sex offending, it's like a different thing as opposed to like canceling somebody for something they said that was like problematic now, right? Like as far as like a joke or something like that. Like they're different mm. scales, of course, of course. And or even like um like just I like I I was just thinking of an example. I mean, this is a little um. I mean, I think it's still relevant, but it's a little strange because I I had um I remember I had a teacher an English teacher when I was in like eighth grade that um, he was talking to us about Charles Darwin and he was um, super um, uh, religious in the evangelical sect of Christianity. Mm -hmm. And um, he was like pretty open about it too, um, which I guess is good, you know, kind of giving us a fair warning. But um, when he was talking about Charles Darwin, I don't even know why we were talking about Charles Darwin. It was an English class, but yeah. he he uh, you know gave the whole um, title of Darwin's big piece, the Origin of Species, blah 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 blah. And he was like, or in other words, and then flipped over the card, and um, it was like the the acceleration of civilization uh, in favor of favored races or something like that and so he was trying to basically tell us that charles darwin darwin was oh. a racist and right. so we shouldn't um take any of his ideas seriously right. and like in my mind like as an eighth grader it's like okay well everyone back then was racist to a certain degree i mean not everyone but you know it's like to try and kind of brainwash of one's like own potential racism yeah 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 um so i mean just like i mean i, w I just thought of that because of the, you were talking about the sexual assault thing but right. um also i mean to cancel someone on the grounds of being a racist is like yeah maybe we shouldn't take in their ideas about you know race but maybe they had something else to offer society well <laughs> and, and, and let's talk about like you know darwin for a minute who like um w whatever like you know yeah he's been basically memefied at this point if somebody dies doing something stupid we're just like charles darwin would have liked this guy it's like yeah. charles darwin wouldn't have given a shit you know like this is this is a dullard's <laughs> idea of what is happening but i want to you know look back at like the scopes monkey trial between like uh clarence darrow and william jennings bryant and um inherit the wind the the play based on that right uh where you had like whether or not evolution should be taught in school and so in the framing of Inherit the Wind, in the framing of uh, the Scopes Monkey Trial, modern Americans will see uh, Williams Jen Jennings Bryant as uh, the villain. And Darrow is the hero because he's defending Scopes uh, and his teaching of evolution versus this Christian firebrand. But if you look at Williams Jennings Bryant's like, political platforms, and when he was running as a presidential candidate, he was like an anti-interventionist anti-war um sort of like proto-socialist so it's not just you can't just paint these sorts of things as sort of like you know um one thing or the other and of course like whatever uh, uh we feel about these characters is almost immaterial to whatever somebody who is actually living at the time cares about yeah i mean how, how many times you just hear like oh future historians are going to uh, curse you well who fucking cares? Because if current people are allowing this, if current people are allowing that abuse, 
then it doesn't matter. Their yeah, effect is going to happen. Yeah, and future, let future historians, cur- they can pick and choose what things they liked about yeah, it right. and then just fucking say fuck it to the rest of it. Yeah. Right, and until any of those fucking dildos gets a time machine to go back in time and kill fucking the Bush family line, starting with Prescott or whatever, you know what I mean? Just like fucking <laughs> stab that guy in the throat in the fucking shower in Yale while he's buggering a skull or something in 1923. <laughs> and it, unless they could do something like that, that would be like the direct action version of changing history. What the fuck does it matter? These people won. They got to die in their beds at home surrounded by loved ones after like immiserating millions of people around the world. History isn't as important as people might think. I really think that the present that we live in and the exchanges we can make in the present are kind of a bit more important. Well, I think that's, yeah, I think that's true. But I also think that like, that's a part of, there's like a, a part of the, um, like, so a lot of, I've been thinking about some of this in terms of like, there's, you know, this idea of like false memory syndrome, which yeah. was something, because this is kind of another kind of parallel with like something, you know, back in the 80s and now in terms of like you know the what we kind of call or could have we could call now like a resurgence of like satanic panic you know within mm-hmm. the QAnon and stuff like that and uh and you know with the the, the false memory syndrome foundation is a, this thing that started you know back in the 80s yeah and you know in response to like this kind of stuff because it was like the little babies reading raped in in their yeah the, the little right, babies reading raped yeah. in their bassinet but also, like they remembered it somehow but it's phony also, it's fake yeah but there was also a book right that came out it's like something somebody remembers but see the whole thing is that there's kind of like it's it's like not well not only is it probably but there's also like some degree to which the, like some of the kids you know I guess might have you know contracted like AIDS mm-hmm. and there was the guy who it was like the pastor of one to the school in the presidio but it what but who got like blamed quote unquote or who like kind of was like dragged through the media was like michael aquino because he's like the you know representative of the temple of set or like the church of satan and stuff like that so it was like this kind of like villainy but it was almost like in the sense where it's like he's playing a role in all this stuff but that kind mm-hmm. of aside and, and all that kind of stuff but just like this broader kind of thing going on where like this kind of like the false memory or the kind of like the degree to which or what, what now is like what like mandala effect or something where it's kind of like or Mandela effect, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. I always say Mandela effect. Um, uh, but, like, you know, basically, like, you know, you can't trust your own, you know, memory and, like, this kind of stuff. And what, what see, like, what did, what what, what was interesting was from, the, like, was this one, one, one woman who, um, you know, did remember something, you know, of being abused, that she, you know, went on to be, like, a, you know, a, a therapist and stuff and is, like, you know, has like won her claim i think or as far and it's like against her parents you know and her parents mm-hmm. were the ones who started the false memory syndrome foundation and so there's like this weird weaponizing of it on both sides in terms of like you know or not both sides but like just kind of uh like pushing similar to now where it's like pushing people's like uh attention and like uh, like how to like empathize and like who to sympathize and like villains and bad guys and like yeah. how cast this kind of like this big old narrative like there's something really big going on right now in society and like the bad people are coming to light and the good people are coming to stop it and all this kind of like big grand narrative stuff and like we kind of are living in a similar kind of 
time where like there's these totally. broad sweeps of like narrative wow wow you know epstein comes in and then blah and splash like you know just laying and he's killed himself and, you know like, it's just well, like, i've said that before about like uh that scumbag uh mike Svinovich, where you you watch him uh operate when he was trying to accuse everyone of pedophilia like on really bad faith yep. and the whole thing was just like whenever somebody tried to was like hey well what about the fact that that's not technically correct or this person wasn't actually engaged in that his response was always well they lost control of the narrative i got control of the narrative and he was right i mean he's absolutely right like he's a scumbag and he yeah he's there right yeah totally yeah he has a speech impediment which i find funny and he you know sounds like a monkey and he's got eyes that are about a centimeter apart but he does have that thing right where he absolutely correctly said you know i i control the narrative and therefore i get to define the terms which is yeah bingo yeah ding 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 that's I mean, it but that's fucking terrifying though like legitimacy at that point through not being a complete complete psycho at least like not having whatever yeah. like, like what could everyone could like clearly see was some kind of mental breakdown probably because his presence on the internet got too big and i'm sure like that was probably weird to deal with like he was like a dude to me who was like on like a long leash who was just kind of like i don't know like what kind of like use this guy to, to like you know distribute information and some of it's false some of it's true and then like he'll, he's but he's like one of those people who like it's gonna the power is gonna go to his head and he's a fucking weirdo and then just like lost you know he he had control of the narrative and then he like lost it like i think he like i don't know what I, he did a bunch of stuff with his legitimacy in a lot of people's eyes you know like as far as his different kind of not only his constituents, but like people who obviously despise him already and stuff like that, clearly. But just like an interesting like thing where he seems like he's, I mean, he still tries, don't get me wrong, but it's just like, but, but, but again, it's like, it's like this contending to tell the story to, and stuff like that. And so I guess to my point about, and what to your point about being like, how important is history? I think that it's, it's important to the degree to which like you almost, it's almost like, it's like you're not trying to get st- put back into the cycle like the circle of it you know what i mean like almost like if you if it starts to seem too similar or like you know there's these like tells or something that you gotta be like uh i don't know if i like want to like think i don't know if i trust this history that i'm being told right now so to speak or like what is implied by your narrative or whatever or usually it's presented more sort of like what's being said in the in the moment and in the present and then what that might imply in terms of what was preceding that such that those claims could be made you know what i mean so uh, mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like yeah and Shay? i yeah or i don't i was just thinking i mean just the whole cernovich like kind of take of you lost control of the narrative i think is like so emblematic of the moment that we're in as far as um you know i mean in 30 years what the history of this moment is going to be it's it's all dependent on who you are receiving your narrative from um and it's not like anyone i mean not and i don't want to be like a person that's like oh well check your sources and make sure that like this outlet has good sources or whatever because every source is going to be whatever um somewhat biased or um but it is just insane living through this kind of post-truth era and trying to make sense of what history is even going to mean in 30 40 50 years and uh, i mean i can't see anything other than this kind of factionalized like 
postmodern kind of offshoots where we see these um, little sprinkles of um, dissenting opinions, but then the state-controlled kind of, uh, or maybe not even just one state, but um, something that exists in a larger apparatus controlled kind of like uh this is what we are believing this is what we're basing things off of i mean we see that even now but it's what it's going to be in the future i i can't even i don't really want to think about it see i don't mind a state controlled apparatus if the state is interested largely in the well-being of the most people possible but there's I really i mean sound... can you like think of like a state that really exists i mean a, a, no i can't a, think of a state that I can't a major a player group. in the global scheme no of i can't that's not the, 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 that's not the point that i'm making i'm talking about a hypothetical and the hypothetical yeah. i'm talking about doesn't exist and has not existed and so people will say like okay well that's bullshit that's you're, you're talking about utopia <laughs> fair but like isn't everyone on some level when they're talking about politics talking about the ideal outcome yeah, I mean, what else you like? Uh, and that's uh, the the other thing that's really depressing about this moment is that people have given up on utopianism. Which I, it's just so sad to talk to people that are just like, well, that's not really feasible. And it's like, okay, well, let's shoot for it, and then we'll land well, somewhere. And also what, what we call utopianism nowadays is like. Let's not shit on each other and die prematurely. Like, yeah, we, let's the, make the, sure we can all live like a happy, healthy life. At no, least. we've forgotten we, that utopianism in like the mid 1960s was was like this sort of like from here to the moon, and we're going to make you know you know a, a brand new world, and it's going to be all these transistors everywhere, and all this kind of like optimism. Well, yeah. And now it's just like, yeah, maybe don't use the N word around your neighbor all the time. And uh, maybe just, you know, maybe the cops won't murder you for fucking running a red light. Or if I could or... just go live on Peter Thiel's Island where I can say the N-word. In my <laughs> yeah, because yeah, right. that's what I mean... freedom is. Yeah, we need freedom. Freedom, which is this notion that we've never properly defined and we don't know what it means. Yeah, I mean, I'd put that, yeah, that kind of remind me of um, we're talking about initially, you know, in terms of just like this, mm-hmm. the... Uh, the you know going to space and just kind of like you know how how is this like uh how it's how it's changed you know in terms of just like soul yeah. you know how how it's incentivized to people and stuff like that I mean, it's, but and again because it's like you know like that that, that idea like a, a kind of like a comic book idea though of like what the future was going to be right like as sold mm-hmm. to us like again the 50s and 60s utopianism and again though it's like and like uh, I mean, whose version of utopia really is that? I mean, in a sense, I mean, it's like there's certain things that appeal in terms of like the comfort and the, the certain like you know all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But it's like the the means through which those things are going to be achieved, right? And that's kind of like usually what's like left out of the equation to some degree, or you know how everyone's going to like get to the state agreement, right? Basically, also, like, yeah, yeah. You know, I always get mad about yeah. the whole talk that libertarians have about like freedom and stuff is because like I have spent most of my life this is my personal lived experience working blue collar jobs right which means i learn about various uh things that you can do as like a handyman or whatever like i'm good i'm proficient at like basic plumbing electrical carpentry that kind of stuff right um the idea that freedom could be that just anybody could build a house however they like anywhere is terrifying to me 
because I've seen what people do when left to their own devices to solve simple problems. Half of my job that I do as a person. Point of words. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and then you'll have some dipshit libertarian guy be like, well, that was his right. And that's why he died. And he, he failed in the market. It's like, yeah, but what happens when he burns his neighbor's fucking house down? Yeah. Or you know there's I mean? just like, all this ecological damage from this horrible building design. Yeah, what what's downstream of downstream of downstream of downstream, right? And and so when you look at that, it's like in what fucking ideal landscape do libertarians even live? Well, maybe it is space. Maybe we should fucking send them to space. Maybe that's a virgin yeah. territory so that if they fuck up, it really is in the vacuum. Because frankly, and, I don't think and, they belong on the planet anymore. I think we've 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 outlived our need for libertarians and we've outlived our need for this <laughs> idea of liberty and freedom being synonymous with do whatever you want, whenever you want. And no one, no, no stepdad named fucking Roger or Steve has to tell you no. It's, it's a lived yeah, just, proposition. Just send them off and they'll figure it out on Mars. Um, but I think there is like something Inshallah. to be said about the spectacle of space travel too. I mean, there were like, I watched the, the, um, the SpaceX launch, the what, the most recent one. I don't even remember with what the, the fuck they were it. doing. If they're, yeah, with the people in it and yeah. like Trump and Pence were there and everything. And it was like, you know, I was just watching it because, um, or I was with a few people that were just really into rockets, like homemade rockets and stuff. And mm-hmm. so we were just kind of watching it in the background. But um, there is something to be said of the spectacle of that because it's like how much emotional um baggage is in that kind of aesthetic experience of watching like this privatized company launching off into space rather than nasa going to do something for the u.s government you know i I think that that opens up so much of this imagination for these libertarian-minded people yeah um where the kind of governmental yeah. <laughs> no, but I think they really do because I think it's like I I I really think it's like the libertarian mind is there's no kind of a, I mean in in a way they need a lot of imagination because I think that the libertarian model of thinking kills the soul, kills the human soul. And uh, but at the same time it's all based in imagination in a way. But this kind of like manufactured is, like yeah. market imagination. No, totally. Libertarian is like we finally gave a name to selfish asshole that was raised in a society but doesn't want doesn't want to do the bare minimum to participate in that society. Yeah. Like yeah. that's I mean, that's its ultimate thing. It's just like, you know, I will choose free I mean, will. Call, it's like Elon Musk a libertarian. I don't know. I'm I mean, curious. yeah, I want to because he's such a fucking idiot yeah. that it, you just kind of want to call him that like because he'd be actions, a good spoke yeah. yeah i mean i think he's just like a capitalist like i don't right. think he has any well, kind of ideas kind of, kind of outside of like is there like like how much there's a distinction at this point in time i don't think that yeah. libertarians know what libertarian means i right. think no, that I, for some that of them it means the smoking, kind of like hodgepodge like yeah. let's just like no, i can whatever. smoke weed yeah. i can have sex with 14 exactly. year olds i can fucking drive my car on the sidewalk i mean it, it means something like, different yeah, it represents of all of the things that libertarians want to do so to speak like i'm gonna smoke weed on joe rogan i'm gonna have the young girlfriend i have a car that i made that's cool i have a flamethrower 
You know, yeah. All that kind of shit, like appeals. It's just shorthand, yeah. It's shorthand just, for yeah. I don't have to follow the rules that everyone else does because they're a bunch of fucking losers. Well, guess what, asshole? Those fucking losers are the only reason why you have fucking clean water and a fucking place to lay down at the end of the night. Fuck you. He doesn't really do the like, quote unquote, old money, like, uh, like philanthropic, um, you know, atonement thing so much. I mean, like the whole like Bill Gates and. No, because yeah, he is an old money. His Bill money is like new, like slave yeah. money. His right, money right. comes from South, fucking apartheid South. emeralds and fucking. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the guy, he doesn't have. He, he, apartheid emeralds and fucking PayPal. Like, how yeah. the fuck yeah, does yeah, he, he have. He just has no sense of like shame about that aspect. You know, he's like, oh. No, he's nouveau riche. to sum him up i guess i would say he's a libertarian because he doesn't think about anybody else other than himself and that like this is like i i want this amount of freedom i want to do this with my empire um and i don't want any kind of governmental restraints on that um but i don't really think that he thinks about it like um that deeply like i think he's really a capitalist i think he's just kind of like like uh, I, I was watching that movie, uh, which is a libertarian, um, yeah, yeah, and that's a very you know libertarian thing to be a capitalist, but it's also a very like working class thing to be a capitalist. I mean, uh, w- a working class thing to be a libertarian, rather. Sure. Yeah, it's um, like- it has become that. It's become that because we don't have the identity again of solidarity that gave us the two. Yeah. yeah, no, exactly. There was a time when working class was like, oh, you get you no, you don't have to work past eight hours, and you get those two days off on the weekend. Sure. Yeah. yeah, that. But see, yeah, there, that see, was, there was class kind of, identity. Yeah, okay, this is like, uh, I guess what I'm thinking too is like, so they're kind of like, I'm not sure if they think like this either, because I don't know, yeah, if it's thought of being this, this deeply, but it's almost like they're, they're doing their charitable work or like philanthropic work by making up for the failed lost nostalgia that like didn't happen. You know what I mean? So it's like, mm-hmm. we're, I'm giving you now the rockets and the flamethrower or like an unteal, like I'm giving yeah. you like, these investment opportunities and whatnot or you know the island or whatever the fuck like these possibilities again that appeal to like this kind of like lost adolescent nostalgic male kind of psyche like because like to me like because i did read like some nozick you know in college and stuff like that like you know libertarianism that's really trying to Mm -hmm. philosophically ground itself and all that kind of stuff and it's like you you know you see what's going on there and you're just like well it's just you're just like confused and how you want to kind of like explain these concepts or you're it's like it's almost too like it's just the expectations are you know it's just not realistic or whatever you know what i mean but they're they're trying and whereas opposed to just kind of like this kind of knee-jerk libertarianism you know like that appeals to kind of just like Mm -hmm. stupid sympathies and meatheadedness or whatever you know but not that i'm like not that one's better than the uh, like i think they're both stupid but but it's just kind of like 
it, I don't know. It seems like they basically like they're kind of just like that's what they're selling themselves on. Like this kind of like you know this is what I'm giving you. Look, I'm giving you like everything you always wanted. Like that you yeah thought was going to be cool. It, it's all snake oil shit. But like right. to go back to like my central point of like history like being essentially meaningless because it really doesn't mean anything. If it did, nobody would listen to libertarians. Nobody listened to uh, supply side economics. Nobody would listen to these industrialist apologists who are essentially saying like, yeah, the richest people should rule us and we should be feudal serfs underneath them. There's no reason that any of that would have any traction. The only reason it does is because history is fucking meaningless. Yeah. Or, I mean, I think that that also has to do with just how kind of like, uh, like, uh, like I was saying earlier, like how disseminated information is like across um social platforms now where it's like people don't really look to like you you're able to pick and choose what kind of like historical moments you want Mm -hmm. to back up your personal political or social or whatever (laughs) views you have yeah um so it's like i mean like look at someone like so let's take a example like a Curtis Yarvin or like Nick Land or whatever, where it's like you have these like very like accelerationist like let's just let these corporations work as feudal lords basically. But if you ask like a libertarian or someone that um, identifies as a libertarian, like let's say like the guy that I work with who is mm-hmm. you know wholeheartedly according to him a libertarian. He would mm-hmm. not agree with that kind of shit at all. Right. But it's like he doesn't really read anything about libertarianism on like a more intellectual scale. And that's not even to like bag on him or bag on people that don't like read whatever. Like, I mean, Curtis Yarvin, it's not really like theory per se, but um, it's like to. I guess it's it's like dehistoricalized in a way, like the. Well, again, yeah, that just speaks to the stupidity of your self-identified libertarian coworker. Yeah, that's he's a he's a special case, I guess. Yeah, I, but I mean, he's not really because like a lot of these assholes are like, well, like they're what's... just fucking selfish dicks. Yeah. Like, what's that old joke? What's the difference between a libertarian and a librarian? A librarian's read more than one book. <laughs> That's yeah, pretty good. Exactly. I mean, it's. I mean, I feel like we're. It's like, I'm not sure how similar this is in its technical sense necessarily, but it's. I kind of reminded of like the empty signifier thing again, where it's like yeah. a kind of uh, so nebulous so as to like not really mean a whole lot, and then it like people will like self-identify as it because it's like they think of it as almost of a justification for their being more or less a shithead. It's yeah, like, no, or it's like the libertarian dude. That's like that's just my that's how I think about things. And like, yeah, it's just like this kind of Garvin empty like, vacuum for yeah, them to kind of like, like put whatever ideas they have in there. Yeah, people like Urban and like McLean are kind of more like uh, they like have looked to the kind of max endpoint of that like thinking, and they were kind of like, well, I guess it is kind of just a situation of like power and what can I get away with and like how it's going to operate in this kind of system. And so like, they're kind of like, okay with that, you know, like, well, I agree actually to this kind of situation of like, yeah, feudal situation or whatever, or like supreme yeah. monarch, because I realized that that structure is actually the one that lends itself to the kinds of freedoms that, you know, I would 
want, want and like the kinds of uh, like beholding the leader to reap responsibilities. So quote unquote, you know, like this kind of like thinning everything out. I mean, it's a total like again, that in itself is like it's most just the, the refined version of that Gen X, uh, you know, libertarianism. You know, it's just like the most you know apotheosis of it basically. Yeah. If I'm using that word correctly, I think. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Yeah, the 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 uh, the zenith, yeah, yeah. the apotheosis. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I remember. Uh, <laughs> sorry, go on, Shay. I know I didn't really have anything of substance to say. Well, I was going to say at one point in time, I I was talking to a former, well, a Republican who was an anti-Trump Republican, mm-hmm. and I was disagreeing with her. And she was in her, I don't know, early sixties or whatever, and I was disagreeing with her idea that. Trump was, you know, an aberration. Okay, yeah. And I, and I said, you know, he's the apotheosis of the Republican Party, meaning like he's the logical conclusion of its entire experiment. Mm-hmm. And she thought apotheosis was like a pop, you know, against or opposed to. And she's like, exactly, he's not <laughs> like us. And I'm like, you were fine with Bush. What the fuck are you talking? About? Anyway, I didn't get into. That. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know. Yeah, I, mean, I, I would to say, say even, like the Trump's the apotheosis of like kind of the American political system of the back and forth because he does like totally he does obviously have enough of like the superficial or like characteristical like you know things that make right winger people or like uh, Christians or you know like you know, I don't know like ah oh, that's you know it's uncouth but so he kind of like you know he's yeah he's like a sickly combo. I mean, things have been so stupid for so fucking long yeah. that it's like, how can you really like? Be like, oh man, it's crazy that he's out there. Yeah. It, 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 I don't know. I'm I'm so jaded right now. I, I really you're, wish you're quite black pilled on this episode. <laughs> no, I am, and I, I wish, but dear I... listener, that you could understand. But like, I was thinking about like you know Jimmy Kimmel. He came out and did his little monologue about the whole GameStop thing, and he was saying it was like Russians involved and stuff. <laughs> And, and and that made me feel like, oh, mm, yeah, actually, the my w- one of my big hangups about Plato. Where Plato was saying that, like, you know, we have to get rid of all the fucking poets and stuff, meaning, like, the creators of culture. Yeah. Well, he was referring to Aristophanes because Aristophanes, right. the clouds, portrayed uh, Socrates as a sophist. And that was a large reason as to why Socrates was executed. By a bird and the birds. He was executed. Yeah. <laughs> he was executed largely because he was portrayed as a sophist. And people in Athens were stupid right. enough to think that was the case. Now I'm like. Oh yeah, I'm 100. I'm like, yeah, let's get rid of all the poets. Let's get rid of all the Jimmy Kimmel's. Yeah, let's fucking turn them into fucking. Well, is that you know, like the m- modern day poet though? That's so yeah, depressing. Exactly. If yeah, well, like, ooh. no, no, it is in terms of like the creator of culture. In yeah. terms of like, yeah, yeah, yeah Jimmy Kimmel the... is the modern Aristophanes. Yeah, because Aristophanes sucks. The only reason people read Aristophanes is because he's an old Greek. But if you actually read his shit, it's just stupid. It's about like farting and fucking. Yeah, it's like the it's just, like it, it's every bit is like yeah, it's it's dumb. It's slapstick. It's like a Max Senate comedy, and like it doesn't even properly portray the characters involved, as far as I can tell. I'm not a fan of him. That's what I'm I like. Yeah, let's get rid of all these mother. Yeah. Let's get rid of Saturday Night Live. Let's get rid of the fucking Daily Show. Let's throw fucking Stephen Colbert into a fucking swamp, and if he manages to drag himself out, break a leg, and throw him back in, <laughs> you know, I'm tired of this shit. Because like these people are creating a false narrative about the world. Right. Jimmy Kimmel had a video where literally Lincoln at the Lincoln Monument got up and danced because Trump was no longer president. Well, fuck you, Jimmy Kimmel. My life still fucking sucks. And so does everyone else's because 
everything is going away that we loved. Everything is being destroyed by this fucking pandemic. And meanwhile, these assholes that are our saviors are arguing over whether or not $1,400, which is about a month's worth of rent for most people, it, it, as a one-time thing a year into this thing, is even worth it. And we have to means test this. Fuck you. This is bullshit. This is fucking bullshit. This is a bullshit society. And anyone with any sense would look at this and say, get lost. You suck. This is We're drowning in our own stupidity and plastic. It's a part of the going through the dark night of the soul. Gotta go gotta take the black pill. Yeah, well, you know what, Colin? I think I think Colin, you need to wake up. I think you need to realize what's realistic. Okay. Had to I think have you need to put, a, for a put aside your idealistic views about what we could do as a society and realize the low bar that we have set for society. Yeah. No, no, no. It's a high, high bar. High, high hopes for a living. Sucking my own dick because I can't afford groceries. I don't know, man. It's fucking... <laughs> it's bad, right? Like, it's bad. Like, personally, I'm fine because I have lowered expectations about my material, like, needs, right? I've I mean, had I that. think as a beacon for democracy and uh, for civilized society... Mm-hmm. The U.S. is completely failed. Like, there's no way to get around <laughs> yeah. that. Um, and I think there are a lot of people, especially from the B-word generation, that um, are mm-hmm. holding on to that kind of mentality where we are the beacon of democracy, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the, it's it's they're just really not, catching on to like no this is not working we should try something different well again to return to the historical thing uh there's this red scare that's happening with russia that everyone's so scared of that and it's like russia's not even red anymore and by the way we are to capitalism and and like a free enterprising society what uh china is to communism in, in other words we are not that at all we're just a fucking authoritarian dictatorship of a different flavor than the authoritarian dictatorship over in the Far East. And whatever Russia is, Russia's basically in it for the lulls. Russia is the 4chan republic. You know, they're in it for the lulls, essentially. They're in it to laugh about fucking, like, our decline. And they're doing a fantastic job at it right now. Um, And and I, I just, it, it's like, I, I, I don't... I don't know. I don't know how anyone who like it, it's easy enough if you just have your news read to you and you're sitting there and Rachel Maddow is telling you who you don't like and who you do like. But if you actually do any amount of fucking like, you know, digging into this yeah. and you look at the world around you, you're just like, fuck this shit. This is fucked. And everyone who's like d- defining the narrative is fucked. And these people are going to be uh, yeah. discussed by serious historians down the line. And and uh, I don't know. I'm gonna just be a screaming skull stuck in a rictus of of, of fucking horror. Yeah. You know my 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 fucking body. I'm probably gonna be I'm gonna be a fucking uh, uh, a Vesuvius victim, screaming. <laughs> yeah. One hand on my cock, one hand like holding my mouth open, screaming about how fucking stupid this whole thing is. Frozen forever in amber, uh, because uh, this is dumb and history doesn't exist and it doesn't repeat itself. It's just a a, 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 a series of narratives. Yeah. It's because the old people like yeah. like yeah, they're hand holding us into it, 
and you're like you know that was like what i felt like with the with the inauguration it was like that was the kind of thing it's like hand the old people oh, with have fucking to like, tom like trump hanks biden's yeah. whole like you know all the pictures of him and the little kids you know beyond the creepiness or whatever it's like this kind of just like you know this need to just like be old like you said these people were held holding on like we are the, in our golden age and our golden years and we're now gonna hold hand off the new dawn to you guys you know and it's like <laughs> and tell you the same story you've got the script we're handing you the script here you go and it's like the golden dawn it was like repeat the same mm-hmm. story you know it's like no i don't like fuck mm-hmm. and then it's going to be under the guise though that it's new no it's a better one we refined it we we updated it you're gonna like you're really gonna like this one you know it's how perfect is it that biden actually looks like a screaming skull <laughs> totally like his yeah. head like his, his teeth are like falling out of his head he looks like a he looks like the fucking crypt keeper He's terrifying to look at. He looks like fucking Skeletor. And it's like, of course you're the guy for this. Mm-hmm. And he's like weirdly fit, which is also like, people right. will be like, oh, it means he's healthy. It's like, you look at someone like Bernie, who just looks like a natural guy who aged well and didn't drink too much. And like, you know, he's been eating the same fucking mac and cheese and cream spinach dinner for like fucking 40 years. And he's fine. You know what I mean? Like he goes home, does his thing. He's just like a fucking organic human being. He right. probably eats apples when they're in season. He eats apples when they're in season and he talks about the quality of the apple. And then you, you, you look at someone like Biden. It's like this man has just been sort of like pumped into this fucking position. And he just looks like if one of those fucking like 12 foot tall skeletons um, on from a, a Home Depot were somehow wanted for rape and all over the news in a fucking like uh, a Jim Carrey, the mask suit. That's what you'd have. And it's like, how are we supposed to fucking like square that circle and be like, yeah, that's that's the world that we're living in right now. That's an ideal fucking landscape. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Sorry, guys, I'm a little bit bitter. I've been spending all day trying to keep cats from fucking each other, which they're being friendly right now. But uh, yeah, as long as you don't get a bunch more cats out of the whole situation, I think you'll be fine. Yeah. (laughs) No, you don't understand, pal. I'm at the top of a fucking pyramid. I'm going to sell cats. I'm going to make cats, make cats. You have a whole, uh, cats, you have a sell. kitty mill yeah, going on. Exactly, yeah. yeah, I'm going to churn them yeah. out. Get your parents to fall over one night and they're going to eat you. Mm. They're all going to eat. Thank God. <laughs> I, I mean, that, that would be a beautiful metaphor for the whole capitalist libertarian situation. <laughs> so if you it really kinda... would. Yeah. Because, I mean, the, the ultimate, like, libertarian fucking, like, the funny thing is libertarianism leads itself to feudalism it leads to you know whomever has the most resources then starts ruling you know the golden rule is that whoever has the gold rules so the libertarian system eventually creates neo-feudalism and then that just creates a new line of Habsburgs and like weird decayed royalty and Don Juniors and fucking you know uh, Chelsea Clinton's like fucking ruling the landscape and libertarians are like but this is freedom now (laughs) I hate these people. I fucking hate these. How do you guys go around not? Because me, like, you know, I, I try right, to be yeah. a religious guy. I try to be a friendly guy. But how do you not go around just fucking actively hating these motherfuckers? I don't. I definitely try not to find them. And I try to I try to think of them as being more or less not in existence. I just I erase them. Yeah, as someone who's in constant contact with one of them, yeah. it's um self, self not problem. easy, but there's there's a lot of silence in our interactions so yeah that's uh that's something if anyone's looking for an antidote to uh getting frustrated with libertarians or just asshole 
pseudo capitalists just don't talk to them. Don't reply. Yeah, that's my advice. They're failed capitalists. They're cucks because he doesn't even have any capital. No, and you know, I mean, maybe I shouldn't even. Yeah, I I probably shouldn't even say this, but maybe I'm just going to say it. There was a really sad moment the other day um, where he got a text and he was like, oh, no. And I was like, what? And he's like, oh, my son, he's like asking for uh, for some money because he's struggling right now. And, you know, I don't have enough money to even support myself really right now. And it really set in with me where it's like, th- like the situation he's in is so sad because he is being oppressed by this system, but he's also bolstering the system up to a certain point where there's no alternative in his mind whatsoever. Um, and it was really depressing because I mean, imagine how many people there are like that all over the world. I I, I hate the government. I'm a capitalist says the dipshit living in under the most capitalist government on the fucking planet. And like, maybe below the poverty line too well that's the thing too it's like and you know it's like that other asshole that we knew who um who we talked about at some other earlier point but i'll I'll just kind of briefly say got a job with the post office he's a right-wing fucking troll prick and he couldn't deal with how hard the work was so he just left the job oh and it's like a he's query. never gonna stop talking why do i have to yeah, work hmm. so hard yeah pardon me a query if you're right it's like he's never gonna talk not talk shit about government workers and and he'll talk shit about the government as if it's this like monolith as if we're gonna pretend that our government isn't actively working against the idea of any collectivization like our government is fucking harsh and villainous and terrible towards like individual rights and worker rights and the rights of like collective groups who bargain you know their labor for like a higher value and this dumbass, like, it's a fucking, like, literal, like, 101 schooling in that. And his takeaway is, I'm just going to quit because I'm a fucking loser. <laughs> it's like, I don't know how you guys are, like, optimistic about any of this shit. Like, for me, it's just like, I look at these people and, like, well, those guys have more social traction and a bigger voice in society than I do. I'm just yelling into the wilderness about how fucking, you know, you know liberals in the fucking right wing are just awful, you know? <laughs> What are we supposed to do they're here? It's going to be like, yeah, I mean, there's just eternal dupes and like kind of useful pawns, useful idiots or whatever. Because they're just like subjects yeah, suckers. The going shifts and tides and their little pseudo cultural, like pol- cultural political allegiances. It's funny how that's like often mm-hmm. used as being kind of like a, well, I'm like, you know, I'm like the cultural political issues, like, you know, like this and blah, blah. Like, I was like almost like that's the better or the, the less. Uh, the less mm-hmm. damning thing to like make allegiances to or something, you know, when in actuality, like because of how it can get like, used almost in a way where it like becomes, you know, just a cudgel or like, like oh, like and this and that, and like, well, like, well, damn, it seems like it's in- inflicting on that or something. It's like, eh. it's, you know, yeah. what I mean, it's just like this like whole manipulation of what people think freedom is or whatever, you know. Sure. And you know what? I, I'll be like, I will be, um, critical of my side quote unquote of the thing and say like okay we can't just like steal value from the wealthy like a lot of people just say like let's just you know tax the rich let's take their things and it's like i don't think we quite realize how much of our money is just make-believe if anything this whole like you know stock selling dogecoin Mm -hmm. fucking gamestop thing kind of proved in a sense that like 
It's not like Scrooge McDuck. There isn't a giant vault of like gold coins that he's swimming in every morning. Like, like the, goose, the money is in play. Yeah, exactly. And every now and then that goose dies through its own fucking gluttony, like the Lehman Brothers did, which caused the last giant fucking collapse that we had that fucking immiserated everyone. And and that was a giant bank that just fucking fell apart because it was all make-believe and bullshit. Well, we can't just go around and grab up the assets of these like ultra-wealthy dickheads because most of these assets exist in our imaginations in the same way that history exists in our imaginations. Look, I've taken it full circle. It's wow. all just make-believe. It, it, most of all, it's just fucking myth making it's make believe and it but i guess like, the argument is if we're gonna have myths we have to have myths that either work for us or against us that's, right now we don't yeah. have those that work for us that's exactly what, what i was gonna say is if this is really all make believe and speculative which the market is why don't we make it to where it's going to work for the majority of people um rather than just these people that kind of know the technicalities of it Bunch of Peter Thiel's. Is it Teal? Is it Thiel? I don't even know how to pronounce that name. Teal, Thiel. I don't even fucking care. Shay doesn't care. He's a rebel. You know what I'll call Kit? him? I'll call him Feeder Teal. Feeder Wheel. I'll call him Dr. Ignacio Bunghole. That's oh a good guy. I'll get him. That's... <laughs> Might be going a little too far. Get his blood void nah. All right. Well, gentlemen, I think um, I'm about to uh, fill the water glass I had here with something that is not water because I've been trapped in here for a minute. Whoops. So, uh, gotta pull a Kevin, Kevin Costner and water bowl. I'm gonna pull a, a Colin Costner in uh, Colin World and uh, piss into my own water vessel. But uh, it was nice chatting with you guys. Yep. Yeah, I think that was a good, constructive, interesting conversation. <laughs> I got mad. That's good. I was yelling a lot. Good. I apologize about that. Um, we're just playing our parts. We're just doing our thing. Yeah, that's right. Anyone got anything you're looking forward to this week? What do we got? Uh, I got a I got a tape coming out tomorrow, actually. Oh fuck yeah! yeah. Rabbit band camp. I, um. It's gonna be on under Open Head Records Bandcamp. Bitlam. I'm not sure how exactly the search that. That's part. Luke's thing, right? That's Luke's thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he asked me if I wanted to re-release some some old music that he had heard it recently, I guess. And so I was like, yeah, sure, that's cool. They had never been physically released or anything, so and I kind of up expanded it, rearranged some songs and stuff. So yeah, Very out. cool. What's the what's the album called? Uh, yeah, it's right called Christ. but uh yeah and that's a uh, fact in the f- no, future no, friends it's, it's actually just like under like my own name Bitlamb. it's like it's more oh, like cool. my ambient stuff i made it when like i mean like 2009 2007 around then when i just like started kind of getting into the ambient music. and uh yeah so it was like a divergence i had just gotten like a resonator guitar a steel steel resonator and I was gonna experiment with that and I had like a MIDI keyboard for the first time so messing around with like more pads and stuff like that, you know. So Yeah. Uh, well, Long time yeah. listeners will know that Kit is our um 
music czar. He's put his own incidental music in. He wrote the theme song for the show. Yeah, that was good. Which is awesome. I was always thinking about making a new one, but I haven't been like inspired per se. But just like I was like, eh, I want to like make a new one. I like the theme. If you want to build on it, maybe right, I don't yeah, know. We could talk about that. Mm-hmm. Let's hear from the the viewers, the listeners. Um, okay, I was in one of Kit's groups here for a minute. I don't think Shay, you never jammed at this, did you? Or did you? No, I'm not much of a jammer. Oh shit! Damn, dog. I know. Yeah, I know. Maybe good. maybe when you move back up here, we'll jam yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Masks. All right, boys. Uh, a lovely evening. Um, again, sorry I got mad. I, I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> Just it got away from me. Uh, hey, Shay, those words I called you—I didn't mean that. Yeah, you kind of ruined you, everything. I think most of the people will be mad about just what you called me. Really. When I called you a daddy long legs wearing uh, Tava sandals, I don't know what I was doing there. That was rude. I don't you know, know what you have against my sandals, man. Or the fact that your legs are fucking eight feet long. I don't. I don't know what my issue is. I got to work this out on my own time. But uh, for everyone who had to hear that ugliness, I just wanted to let you know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. All right. Good night, guys. Good night.